just give uh, the average Joe an insight of what's it like playing at this level. Friday night's always been a, um, a personal favourite of mine. You've got the, the long weekend. Everyone's just wanting that release, that stimulation, just to watch a macabre sport of gladiatorial confrontation. And you, you feed off that as athletes. Like, you love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Well, I, I really hate to admit it, but uh, Super Rugby Tipping was right. Nearly in every single match. Uh, God dang it. What a frustrating, frustrating start to round one. But here we are. We've got to talk about rugby once again. Pain is an old friend. It is dropped kickoff time once again. Um, I'm joined by Nathan, still sleep deprived from the weekend. Uh, but, mate, looking fresh as a daisy. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, it's a great weekend of sevens, um, Super Rugby, everything in between that we didn't win. So that's always that's always nice. It's always nice to sort of go through a weekend where you basically, where no, no Australian team has basically come away with any success, or to their standards, of course. But yeah, it's great. Loving one life. day we'll believe. We, can, we believe it can get better. But joining us again, coming back once 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 again is the one and only senior vice president and inaugural member of the Western Sydney Chiefs. Uh, Nick Hartman, mate, welcome back. Hello, I'm back. I'm back. Um, I'm like uh, King Richard Lionheart coming back to take my throne from King John. That's you, Nick. Uh, but yeah, Nathan, know. you are you are looking good. Uh, if you're hearing this on podcast, that's looking good. He's looking felt. He's looking a bit tan, and he's looking tight. He's not looking as good as those kids, though. But uh, better than Dar- Darren Coleman. Uh, well, what a. The differences on and off the field on Saturday night. Yeah, it's uh, what a contrast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got a little uh, moustache uh, too, and also thank you, Nick, yeah. not wearing his oh singlet today. Feast for the eyes. <laughs> we fi- we yes, finally got another Jane match. Yeah, yeah, I, I got I got brought back to earth. I've been drinking too much kava, uh, and then the blues, uh, the hangover was just. Took, took took me out at Wangare when uh, when the Blues uh, put the draw to the sword. But uh, we're recording this on Monday night for context, so we're kind of talking about fallout. But we'll drop this. Uh, we'll be, you'll be hearing this on Wednesday, probably just ahead of when uh, we hear all of the news uh, regarding squads for Super Round. So uh, we're going to talk about first of all the fallout, but then also look ahead to some soup to what we think Super Round's going to look like. But kicking us off, as always, is a left-field topic of discussion, and I have actually no idea what the topic is. Nathan has a list. He's compiled a list of topics of, that we're going uh, to ask, and I want to hear what is the, the left-field topic we're kicking off with, Nathan? I'll keep it pretty sort of tame for this one. I guess it kind of falls into the idea around, you know, this sort of Pacifica rebel side, you know, people throwing up Hawaii and all these sort of other ridiculous locations for a team. My thought to you two is, and we we know Nick wants a Western Sydney Chiefs, but if you could move any team, that's not the Chiefs, but you could move a team into a different location where it'd be more su- suited to them, or whether it'd just be a, a funner atmosphere to play, a better party night. Where do you reckon the? Where would you go to first and foremost? Uh, good question, Nick. Easy. Good I've got question. the easiest answer. Bali. It's one of the most Australian places in the world. I reckon we get a really strong franchise that could be based out of Denpasar. That was um, my first thought. That was my first thought. Barley <laughs> Chiefs. The Barley Bumpies. <laughs> I was going to say maybe the Barley Bellies. 
That's probably what you call cool. it. <laughs> have a just, yeah, just fill, full, fill, full of big boppers and uh, and then and just watch them smash people. Uh, um, um, uh, maybe a suggestion that is so stupid it might actually be taken up. Um, Monaco. Ooh, yes. To serve the mm. start of the Mediterranean Conference of Super Rugby. Yeah, that would be good. I, I, they do have a rugby ground there. I know that for a fact. I saw it when I was over there. Perfect size for Super Rugby as well. I mean, <laughs> tick. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I, um, and in many ways, it makes the same amount of sense as having a team in Hawaii or America. I mean, <laughs> or Hamilton. what the fuck are they thinking? Like, if you do that, then you ex- expand Super to, you know, conferences or something, you know. But fuck me. Like, uh, they're talking about bringing back the... Jaguars, but it's just so sh- shit for them. Like uh, Argentina's a 14, 15 hour flight. Something mm. like that, yeah. And, Part and of the challenge, on, man. <laughs> and it's on the opposite side of the world. So just, I don't know. Good question, though, Nathan. Ideally, I don't know how to frame it, but I would like to discuss my Western Sydney chef's uh, idea <laughs> in more detail. No, right, I was talking but... to my friend. So basically, it's just like I, I can go into it, but you know, cut the Chiefs because they're a fantastic team, can't even sell at their stadium. Um, Super Rugby's dying, all the potential's in Sydney, move them to, to, to Parramatta. Um, but I had a good chat with my friend. He said that's not rugby culture. You know, rugby culture's all just about provinces, and that's what they've got to keep, and that's what they're good at, and they'll get uh, not much out after being, you know, quote-unquote, like the NRL, AFL, and moving people around. But anyway, I, I would like to get into a deep discussion about it. A heated discussion where, where we go nowhere. <laughs> not, not heated, not heated. <laughs> but for context, everyone, we have like an annual general meeting. We have like where we all meet up uh, and, and go out to dinner. And uh, we what was the place we were at after we, after like the drinks afterwards? Theo's. El, the, yeah. And this is where yeah. this discussion started. And it became like a discussion for the majority of the night about. I've like, been saying this for it. years. I've been saying this for years, not just that night. <laughs> I don't remember like, any good rebuttals except for explain myself, and I couldn't due to the state I was in. <laughs> All right, so so you've got the chance now. Explain yourself. Go. Oh, I just okay, okay. So my kind of thinking is, New Zealand's literally on the periphery of the world, but they create all these amazing rugby players. They play the best rugby that's ever been played. And I, I kind of think there's a lot of steps to Super Rugby. This isn't my final solution. I just think it's a solution. It's a poor solution, but it's better than uh, Moana Pacifica Rebels and it's better than putting a team in uh, Hawaii. But uh, I just kind of think that, yeah, yeah we just got to merge the two and cut those kind of national ties. So you could potentially have like a Super Rugby where, you know, you have Australian sides, but Bowden Barrett can play for the Reds or um, Damien McKenzie can play for the Rebels, whatever. And you could have things in that, like, each team has to have... Uh, if you play... So if you play for Queensland, you can... But you Bowden Barrett, you can still qualify for the All Blacks, you know, uh, get rid of that restriction. And so... the draft? Was it, like, the draft idea that... Uh... No, I, I, I think the draft sucks as well. Like, I hate drafts. Um, but we could get that's entirely different. I just think that kind of gets rid of that localized, that localization kind of thing. Anyway, but I think they could. I wish they could release that. And I just think New Zealand's got five teams in a country the size of Sydney. Um, you know, I think there's 
almost as many Maori in Australia than there are in New Zealand or something like that, or maybe half as much. You know, there's huge New Zealand Kiwi immigration over here. And I just think potential, and this is from a marketing point of view, which is my day job, but I just think the potential for a team in Parramatta is much better than a potential for a team in uh, Waikato where it's already saturated and they don't even show up to the game. Like that game against Crusaders was amazing on the weekend. And the stadium's, what, 20,000 people and they can't sell it out? Yeah, about that. Um, yeah. You know, what's that speaking to? I'm, I know there's lots of factors going on there, but basically, anyway, that's my idea. Just chuck them in Parramatta. I mean, the Brumbies should have never been put in Canberra in the first place, and I don't mean that as an insult or anything. <laughs> just kind of... Now we're getting into economics. Now we're getting into the mud. Now we're getting into the mud. Yeah, No, but uh, I, I just mean... And I'm, like, I'm not going to defend the Waratahs. Waratahs are a piece of shit mm. um, in many ways. Uh... I mean, look, I I, I think I, I do think that the province argument is still very very valid, and I and even though uh, your whole argument about the about the Chiefs is, is that there's no one there. I mean, like they sold out a whole bunch of games last year, especially against the Crusaders. Um, even though they even though they got a shit turnout, part of me is also thinking that's because how long did it take for the for the tickets to actually start going on sale? Um, if it, it felt like it took like the week of of the, of the first round for them to start going on sale, which I think probably I, I think you just think under the rebels, so yeah, that was just the rebels. <laughs> Is it just the rebels? The yeah, one team that probably shouldn't have done that. They should have like started sales a month or so ago. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they should I mean, have been in debt with the with the stadium. Then we, we should have we should have Nathan. Uh, it's I all right. Like Australia's the... fault. Oh, fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this shit again. <laughs> But I just love that your solution is literally the the NFL equivalent of like you know move your team to LA, uh, just pack up shop and move your team to Western Sydney. That's Look, the solution. Uh, well, I mean, it, yeah, it got the but... Rams a title. It did yeah, actually get a title to the city. It did. I mean, First, I, I do want to say uh, we we do need to get into an entire pod of, of if Nick Hartman could put t- twelve teams anywhere in Super Rugby, where it ends up. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, the idea you. of the the idea of Canberra missing out on the team is just enough that I need to sort of delve into what these other ten look like. Like, well, I mean, like, I mean no, don't you what, dare, what, don't you dare. What, <laughs> we're doing this. We're doing this. Hundred percent. I, I just think of like what goes into supporting a team. Like, what's the psychology there? You know, people in Tamworth don't not follow a team because there's no team in Tamworth. Um, I get obviously that once you move a team out, like you cut a team, like they cut the Western Force or they cut the Bears, like there's some, you know, that's not good and that can leave a scar. Um, and it's not my only solution. I just, I'm just really annoyed that the Chiefs are a really good footy team. And by the way, my idea, it's just like it's a transplant. But I'm not, it just annoys me that they're such a re- they're really good team, you know, wherever it's a here. Chef transplant. Yeah, yeah, wherever here, watching. Australian teams look like they've just met each other. Like, that's how they play. And the Kiwis are already doing All Blacks camps on, like, the 1st of January. Yeah, that's And people don't show up. It's just, <laughs> I just kind of hate it and frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. It's just that frustration. And I think there was actually good merits there, particularly around just opening the borders and just letting people play forever they want. Like, this sh- if we're a combined competition, you sh- your sort of eligibility for whether you're playing for New Zealand or Australia or Fiji or Tonga just should not matter if you're playing for a, a team playing with someone else. Like, can you imagine all the Fijian-based Australian players? Sorry, Fijian-bred or Fijian-heritage Australian players we have that could just be playing for the drawer and just, like, soaking all that up? The, my, my, my only sort of argument to this entire thing has just been 
the Waratahs played out there for so long and couldn't draw a crowd. Yeah. They actually have players from Western Sydney, like Marky, like they had they had the goat, Tommy Lata as well. Like they couldn't draw a crowd with oh, him. Yeah. What 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 are the chance the Chiefs have? <laughs> no, yeah. um it's uh yeah, I mean that's a valid point. Um but you know, like, we talk golden gooses not showing up. Lots yeah. of things going to people not showing up, but I think a lot of things that do go into people showing up is having a fucking amazing team that has a chance of winning. Uh, and, that's, that's that, that's, uh, and then, you know, they play at that. They, they don't play in uh, Waikato. They play at another uh, uh, New Zealand city and they play at that, like, it looks like an old racing track. Oh, Manawatu. No, that's, yeah. that's, a hur- that's where the Hurricanes play. No, it's New Plymouth, I think. Oh. And it just depresses me, man. Like, it's an awful field to watch rugby. Like, yeah. Just sounds and, like you have a, just a, a hatred. And then, and then, you know, <laughs> no, it's just frustrating, no, like he, I said. No, this it's, is, like, it's not a hatred of the Chiefs. He, he loves them so much that he hates that they're being disrespected like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> That's why they need to move Thank to Western you, Sydney. Um, I, just, I, just, I love I that you, like, I there's you. just an assumption if we just move them, but they keep like even all the pathways, all that shit that actually makes them good. But no, we'll just move them to Western Sydney. That's but yeah, thing. you just move those pathways to the Blues and the Hurricanes. Done. Then wouldn't, wouldn't the case then... Wouldn't, wouldn't the Chiefs then go to shit because they'd have no pathways? This is Australia. No, the only pathway they have like, is I mean, look at the Melbourne Storm. Their pathways are like the Sunshine Queensland. Coast. <laughs> it's Queensland. Yeah. <laughs> that's who, that's yeah, well, there you go. Hmm. That's probably as far away as Parramatta and Waikato. <laughs> On that note, I think it's time to get into our news roundup. Nathan, are we, uh, <laughs> are wait, we how ready many seconds? Wait, wait, does Nick actually know what's about to happen here? Oh yeah, Nick knows. He's been watching. He's no, been watching, listening to the show. I don't. We do a don't. Nick. We do I'm a news not. roundup in case you haven't missed Probably it. Where Nathan basically has ninety seconds to okay. to nail down to, to provide a whole bunch of news and get all of his puns out of the way. It's uh, okay. all of his, he's got his pun puns locked and loaded and ready all to right. rock. Okay, Nathan, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right, let me get my timer ready. Shit, I just give, give me the countdown. I need a countdown. Yeah, hang on a minute. <clears throat> Yes, timer is ready to rock. Hang on. Your time starts now. Uh, opening round of, of the Super Rugby Civic season saw the Chiefs open up against the Crusaders. Oshkosh got Josh Yuani provided the difference with two ice-cold penalties for the future Western Sydney Chiefs to defeat the defending champions. <laughs> the Rebels were put on a diet and they were smothered by Kale, leaving Scory Tool to carve them up as both got doubled. In the West, the Hurricanes fans are singing I'm in love with Naholo, Naholo, as they thump the force at HBFR. Meanwhile, on the Saturday, the Blues unleashed Caleb Clark Kent as he provided the kryptonite stopping the Fijian drawer. Highlanders fullback Jacob Radamadavuka had Moana on his Nipkins as they recorded a win, whilst Reds half Tate McRae McDermott broke the Waratahs first to Les one kiss at all it takes, giving him his first win. In the Six Nations, Italy was singing Let Me Down Your Busy. As the half missed the kick to win the game against France, stuck with a draw. Dewan had the Scots fans sing for Vandermeer as they beat England, whilst East Island kept Wales down James Low on the ladder with a thumping victory. Finally, the Australian Sevens now go full Snoop Dogg, came to LA for some real grass after some synthetic struggles in Vancouver, finishing fourth and ten respective. And time. That's the most work anyone's ever put into this podcast, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was uh, quite impressive. Like, um, you, uh, that, that's the biggest compliment I can get. 
Yeah, Seventy uh, seconds. I think. I think sixty seconds is the like we need to get it down to a level where it's th- like it's actually a challenge for you to finish. Just, like, just eighty seconds, eighty minutes in a game, eighty seconds. Like, no, I wanted no. to challenge you. Um, like, yeah, come, on. <laughs> come up with the puns as it is. <laughs> but no, um, nailed it much faster this time, Nathan. You're getting better. Yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Six Nations there. Um, uh, that that uh, Italy that Italy kick is crazy, man. Like they're they're going really well, and they beat their juniors beat uh, France, I think England. as well. Was yeah, France, by two yeah, points. No, France, sorry, yeah. Like it's such a young team. Potentially got um Lewis Liner to come in as well. Like they're going to be so yeah, good in like three or four years. Yeah, no, it's good to see them because they've been. Oh, it's just sad. It'd be good to just see uh, another team go strong in Europe. Um, and apparently, like uh, Georgia, uh, I've seen rave reviews about Nini Ashvili, which I think is their fullback. It's just yeah. Carbon in France at the moment. I will add on a small point, though, like on, on Garbizi, because, like, my God, he was harsh on himself after that match. Uh, basically, he said, quote, I should have been up to the task of doing the job I didn't do it well in this moment. Uh, that's why I would like to say sorry to my teammates and my country. It will stay in my mind for a while. Uh, uh, so you should Good. say uh, um, Italy drew with France 13 all, and Italy had a kick at the end to win it, and they hit the post. But like there was a lot of gear going on. Yeah. There was the, the, the French set all, set their you know the the water boy, and he was standing underneath the posts, yeah. and there was wind yeah. and. And the guy was trying to figure out what to kick it. And then an Italian guy came up going, oh, should I hold it? And then the wind kind of stopped. So he walked away. So they wasted all this time. And he had like eight seconds left when he did his run up on the shot clock, which I think is kind of, again, um, I know you boys talked in uh, the other pod about uh, the Jorgensen thing. And I said, oh, I wish that was kind of like less of by the rules, but the, the ref was an adjudicator, like a judge. You just kind of wish the ref could say, hey, yeah, you know, we're resetting the shot clock. Like, you can't, yeah. that, 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 you know, gear's going on. Also, the first stadium I've ever seen in my lifetime, that is an indoor stadium that still had wind. Or looked like, looked somewhat very much covered up. Yep. Yeah. Maybe it's a situation where it's like cyclonic, like some wind can get in somewhere and it just creates a whirling, like chaotic energy. Baffling. But yeah, I honestly, the sort of fan of me when I hear a statement like that says, yeah, good. You should like, that's the, I, as harsh as that sound, that's the role of a kicker. Like you've got to now kicks like that. And like, obviously, yes, you don't want, yeah, no Italy fan should send him abuse because he's an incredible player as well. But you want f- players to feel the same passion as you do as a fan. You want players to mm. sort of, and this will take him to another level. This will just make him more motivated to make sure that, you know, when he finds himself in a similar situation, maybe kicking for a, you know, a bigger prize at stake rather than just a win in the Six Nations, he'll be nailing him. So, I can say, all the support for Garbazi, and I, I love the response. Gambridge. Let's talk about, uh, you know, we're, we're currently in the world of, of Super Rugby. Uh, we had our opening round um, and we've got Super Round this weekend. We'll do a quick fire summary. I think we covered the teams off in terms of, you know, previews for the season pretty well in our last episode. Um, 
lads, thoughts on that first round? Because I'll tell you what, I did like a little, you know, threw it out on Twitter, what our opinions were on on how everyone felt as a fan, if you're an Aussie fan, how was that round for us? And the general consensus pretty much was that it was either exceptionally ordinary or more. there was more good than bad, but it's just a mild, eh, eh. Because, the, yeah, the, the Reds looked good and the Brumbies won by 30 and weren't didn't weren't still playing at their best. But fuck me, the Rebels looked shit and the Force looked exactly the same where they were at the, at the end of last round. And it's embarrassing that Super Rugby tipping was so right. Like bloody Kiwi, you would have thought they actually knew about rugby. Yeah. Oh, um, if, if, say, the Chiefs were getting cut or, you know, at the end of the season, <laughs> the Rebels you don't. You wouldn't expect them to play like that. Um, you know, I guess with the Kiwi sides, it's fifty-fifty or closer to know, maybe seventy-five, twenty-five, whatever. Of you either show up and you play out of your, your skins, or you just capitulate. And the Rebels just went straight to bin juice. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty crap. But it was great that the um, the last game of the round was great. The the Waratahs and the Reds. Um, people talking about should we bring back Super Rugby AU? Not that I want to get into that, but it was just a nice reminder that yeah, it was good and not thinking about the Kiwis and it was great. Um, but yeah, pretty, uh, pretty eh. Yeah, I mean, when we get that six team in Western Sydney as well, it'll be great comp. No, yeah. Um, huh. I, I, yeah, I sort of tend to agree with the sentiment online. I mean, I, I get the force look, I mean, they did, they just look like a team which was debuting eight or nine players for the first time, I mean, which they did, unfortunately. Um, they were their own worst enemy, just kept shooting shooting themselves in the foot, whether it came to the other cards, the ability to win a line-out, or just just getting absolutely dominated at scrum time. Um, yeah, Rebels, I, I'm willing to sort of put a line to that performance and just say, you know, they could have, you know, everyone talks about sort of, you know, turmoil, lifting, and providing that um, sort of emotional response i think it almost got too much for them like they just probably put too much into training so by the time they got into in, into the game they just looked a bit sort of gassed so I, I reckon they'll bounce back once they sort of get into the rhythm and go oh, this is just a normal season um i thought the brumbies weren't spectacular but had enough individual greatness to sort of get them over the line and you know the fact the brumbies still win by 27 when they were probably off is concerning for other teams and yeah, Reds Waratahs. Um, Reds look unreal. They're going to put on. They're, they're going to put on forty points every game. It, it sort of trick for them is not conceding forty-one, because um, yeah, they're going to they're going to excite people and hopefully bring crowds back to SunCorp. Uh, Waratahs better than expected. Still players to come back in that squad. Um, but yeah, now that's, they've got a brutal sort of full week period, which, which is three Kiwi sides and Fiji and Drua in Fiji. So yeah, it's, it's a tough road for them, but. Yeah, all in all, it's kind of uh, we talk about sort of the roller coaster and that circle of being a fan. It kind of goes back to the point of oh yeah, you know, we're at that stage where oh yeah, not the case. I still bad ones, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the Reds actually, um, it's just it's it's crazy. Like you know, good coaching when you see it. Uh, the Reds had yeah. so much purpose. I mean, they had a lot of those crappy little European things that shouldn't be anywhere near the game, like the caterpillar. But uh, yeah. It was just great to see that there are good Australian coaches 
out there who seem to have a plan it's not just you know rush or bring a cattle pod to work but yeah yeah well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How it's, dare they do yeah. that? Mm. It, look, it was pr- pretty much nailed it, lads. It was it was a weird round. Um, I will say, add on that point for the for the Tars Reds, it was probably the the most invested I've been in an Aussie Derby in a while. Just because, in terms of actual physical contest, uh, speed, skill set, even though they were, even though you know there was, it was quite humid and wet conditions and there was a bit of drop ball game itself was really entertaining to watch um all up and i it's just nice to see the reds looking so good but uh just i'll tell you what that friday night fucking sucked uh if you were an aussie fan um especially in following the chiefs crusaders which was clearly just the match that everyone gave gave shit about rebels hit a bloody home run in terms of a worse couldn't have had a worse start to the season um, like could not have had a worse start. Uh, we into like were their own worst enemy. No momentum. Barely could put any points on. Barely troubled the Brumbies, and the Brumbies weren't even playing that good. I'm slightly worried that this whole situation that they find themselves in. You know, like if you've ever been like in, in a job or something like that, and like. It's in a situation where, you know, voluntary redundancies or something bad's coming along um, and you lose all momentum and desire to want to try and improve because does it matter? I might not be here next week. I worry that that will seep into the Rebels campaign, um, which would be the worst possible time to do it because they do, like we say, have a very talented squad. So I worry about it. I do. I really do. And Force, my God, they looked exactly the same they did as the end of last season. It was really disappointing, that game. So less said, the better. Um, and we hope that they just look forward. I would actually say it's kind of interesting what you about the Rebels. It's a very Australian rugby attitude. I We know it exists, and but I just fear it's just there. a lot of the guys going, you know, like the, the guys not saying Andrew Kelly, but the guys like him, who will be just get another team um just kind of go no it doesn't matter what happens you know the reds or the waratahs or the brumbies or the force will sign me whatever yeah which makes you wonder how much effort am i going to put into this season i worry i worry and i hope that they can turn it around this weekend uh in melbourne uh which leads us to super round it is super round this weekend um by the time you're listening this uh to, to this we will likely have squads but we can talk about who we are pretty sure is out or we, who we think won't make an appearance or who we think might be coming back, which is where I'll be relying on you, Nathan, a little bit here. First, we'll talk. We'll quickly just jump through the fixtures a little bit here. We've got the Highlanders kicking off the camp, the, uh, the round with, against the Blues, followed by uh, the Rebels the ho- um, hosting the Western Force. Moana Pacifica will take on the Drua um, as the first match of the Saturday. Uh, Crusaders will host the Waratahs. Um, oh, God. Uh, and then finally, to bring off, uh, to bring an end to the um, to the to the weekend is a very entertaining uh, round of fixtures on the Sunday, which will see the Chiefs play the Brumbies, um, which should be a very interesting clash, particularly if there is a particular omission, which we may get into in a second. And then, last of all, the Hurricanes versus the Reds. Nathan, talk us through who we are confident at the moment is out, and who we think is not going to be included, and what impacts will they have? in any of these games? 
Let's enjoy those Wednesday pods. And you just kind of uh, record on a Monday, go out on Wednesdays, so and you just sort of guess, and no one can sort of hold you accountable. So, like, no, that's right. We, yeah. we, we let you roll free. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked. But, I, like, yeah, I was shocked when George Gregan got named at nine for the Brums. Like, I didn't say that coming. Um, <laughs> Bernie, Bernie coming back as a captain coach. Oh, okay, fair play if he wants to. And completely dropping Noah's, like completely axing him out of the squad. Like, yeah, I didn't say that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously messing with people. Um, I can, I, I can. I saw Eddie did it last year. That's why I had to put the disclaimer in. So I'm like, we've, you know, as fans, we've seen a lot. We've seen things that we probably shouldn't have. Had. So let's put the disclaimer in. Um, main players coming back in. I guess you look at that Friday game. Um, Jeremy Williams, captain of the force, probably comes back this week from a concussion. Um, the Rebels, you'd hope. Tony Altupo is the sort of main one under the injury clown with the wrists, but you'd hope he's back and even potentially starting. Um, Waratah's potential for um, no Noah Zyaparisi. He um, came off, I think, at the start of the second half or either at halftime with a concussion. He won't play this week. We'll probably be back just in time for that Highlanders game next week. That's probably offset by your returning um, Ned Hannigan, um, Lockie Swinton, Nick's favourite. And potentially Dave Recky. Um, we'll wait and see what happens with him. Dave's got an Achilles injury, which could be this week, could be next week, could be the sort of week after. You, you never know with those sort of sort of strains on soft tissue. Chiefs versus Brumbies. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think there's any big changes in that. DMAC? Didn't DMAC come off injured uh, in the Chiefs game, I believe? So I was talking he... from a strain perspective, yeah. Ah, Okay. Yeah, DMAC is the one we sort of don't know that much information about at this stage. As I was saying, it's Monday morning, sorry, Monday evening when we're recording this. A lot of the times, these guys are probably going to hide a lot of this information until Tuesday or Wednesday, but the report's starting to sort of come through that he's, um, you know, been cleared of serious injury and is sort of 60 40 of playing this weekend. So you sort of expect that he'll suit up for the Chiefs this weekend. And then, yeah, finally on to the Reds. Um, as Josh Flukes are concerned, coming up with an injury during that Waratahs game. But outside of that, still, still James O'Connor a couple of weeks away. So they're probably going to be close to, outside of that, close to full strength for that Hurricanes game. Definitely me. You definitely, as a fan, my eyes immediately gravitate towards the, the Chiefs, Brumbies, Hurricanes, Reds fixtures um, in terms of, you know, a really good getting a sense of, of where we are as a, in terms of those two sides that are probably from round one looking like the the most cohesive sides um, as, a, as a measuring stick of where we're going, especially because obviously Chiefs, I think, you know, even Coop's mentioned he's, he's favourites. He thinks they're favourites to lift the, the trophy this year. I agree. Um, Canes look much improved based on on that performance in Perth. Um, so there's a lot a lot to keep a watch on there. As a key point, as a as a kind of major final key point lead uh, for this pod for us lads is talking about Super Round, uh, kind of as a as a key point of discussion because I feel like we, you know all of us have kind of had a, con- a, a whole bunch of, of chat about this. We were talking about it earlier today and and with Dylan. Uh, who kind of mentioned that he feels like Super Rugby's a uh, Super Round is, is something that is pitched to just the rugby fans. It's not necessarily seen as a, as, a, as an event that is pushed out uh, to you know a casual fan. Would a casual Melbourne fan go and check out Super Round? Probably not. Um, it's marketed to particular fans. It, I still think the concept has great legs. Like it's a, a brilliant idea for everyone to play around together. I mean, 
other codes do it as well. You have like your opening rounds and your fun- high functioning rounds that you can, you know, uh, that, that often take place. So what's going on here? Mr. Hartman, I know you are a man of radical ideas. Do we move super round to Western Sydney? Radical slash, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> considered, he's the, he's the thought people. out. Uh, my own ideas, importantly. Um, I don't know. It's a pretty standard idea now. Bound, you just have one round in one city. Uh, I've got a feeling it doesn't really seem to be supported well. There's lots of empty seats. Um, I'm not sure what it's like on the ground in Melbourne. According to Dylan, it's not very good and it's hard to get people to rock up, um, you know, for the full weekend. Um, so, I, yeah, it's a good idea. Is it executed well? Not really. I mean, that's a lot of rugby, Australia or Australian rugby kind of uh, uh, the vibe generally. I just, my feeling is that the Victorian government is just throwing a lot of money at these people. So as I understand it, Nathan, you got all the dates, but as I understand it, uh, this is not actually super rugby. It's a separate entertainment company who's running this round. Um, but yeah, you just kind of wish they'd shop it around, do a better job. I think it'd be perfect for Brisbane. You know, talking about where to take people before, we mentioned Bali. I mean, you could throw it up in Cairns at that stadium or Townsville, wherever it is. Perfect. But yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, it doesn't really affect me, except it's just kind of sad to not see a whole lot of um people at the ground yeah so sort of build off next points there yeah my understanding is i guess just looking at the sort of the announcement of super round in melbourne again that it's a um, teg rugby live is a sort of company attached to it and well yeah they're sort of trying to make melbourne work as the place i just don't think it's the right area for it i think there's no coincidence that you look at the afl and nrl versions and they go away from the sort of the hub land of, of sort of rugby so you go you afl goes to adelaide NRL goes to Brisbane. I guess the two things about that is they are very much set up and pitched as um, entire weekend events where you, you know, it's not about, it's more sort of that festival vibe of, all right, we're going to try and say this act at this time, this act at this time, um, and then we'll make it over to this one for to finish the day. Like that's the kind of atmosphere behind it where we just don't really get with it. I think there's an opportunity to move it to, to New Zealand. Um, I think Hamilton, I was going to say Hamilton's a great place, but. As, they, as Nick knows, they really draw a crowd. Um, now, nah, um, in all seriousness, um, you look at a place. You look at a place like um, like Auckland, like even a Wellington or a Christchurch. Oh, it's just even Dunedin and Christchurch, and do the, all the South Island holidays. Chuck it in. Yeah, do something like that. Where, like the thing that we have is those areas haven't been sort of exposed to that. The, the sort of three-day, the sort of festival type, that which they will see the NRL and the NFL doing and want a piece of themselves. And it won't be long till the NRL come in and do the exact same thing in Auckland or in a sort of New Zealand city, and all of a sudden they come through and just will grab that sort of concept and whatever you do is just following it. Let's get on top of it. Like, ideally you do it in Fiji, but there's probably not the infrastructure for 12 teams. So let's do it in New Zealand. Let's do it in, as you said, one of those cities, rotate it around, that's probably where you can get more fans, more casual fans sort of rock up the games and just see what the atmosphere like. You know, if you can picture that, maybe five Australian teams against five New Zealand teams. Something sort of different that you can just sort of, there's a common theme that people can get behind. You turned into a sort of an Anzac Day format or an Anzac Round format, perhaps. That'd be my pitch for it. And if you present it that way, I think that's how the sort of the concept can sit. But 
when, you know, Melbourne, like Melbourne got behind it a little bit last year. Like the, the hurricane, I remember the sort of Rebels hurricanes atmosphere being pretty good. Um, but outside of that, you know, this concept should be getting the most fans in. It should be getting packed stadiums and really sort of generating that sort of similar atmosphere that we got in Perth for the Sevens. I yeah. just don't think it's doing it in Melbourne. Yeah, I, there's lots of little simple things they could do to make it a lot better. I mean, the fixtures kind of look a bit manicured this year, which is good. Um, you know, even from just, just I guess, like even a silly meme failure, you got the Rebels and the Force playing together, so that's like, you know, the Disney Cup. Um, you got the two new teams, Minor, Fiji and Drua, playing each other. You know, that's kind of uh, the the island teams. Um, Crusaders, Rotars, big rivals, uh, Chiefs, Brumbies, you know, Battle for Western Sydney. Um, but, uh, you know, like just little simple things they could have d- done, but I, I just across the board, I mean, we could talk about marketing and Australian rugby and how they promote the game. But this is, yeah, I, I really don't get it. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I'm just so cynical about it. Like I said, I just think they've got loads of cash from the Victorian government and they're like, okay, job done. I remember last year, they, didn't they not, like, promote it until a week or two before the game? I, I uh, think they were still promoting it. I think they were still promoting it. It's just one of those ones. That I just don't think Melbourne's the right place for it. I think the concept's Oh, good. yeah, absolutely. But I, I was talking about last year. I, mean, I just remember it being a mess. Yeah, it's just it's one of those ones. You just gotta, they've got to sit down after this year and really sort of figure all that stuff out and, you know, turn it into... Like, we see how the NRL have gone crazy with the whole Vegas. It is... Sort of at nausea, how much they've sort of pumped that up. Yeah, you should be sort of. I, I know it's again for NRL, it's a lot easier to get that sort of sickening mm-hmm. coverage, sickening over coverage than it does in rugby union. Believe me, I know better than most. Um, but like you should be able to sort of still speak to, like, say, that general rugby fan that wants to go and again, add sort of deal and touch on as you, you, you probably listened to before. Like, that's just not the sort of sentiment that's in Victoria right now around this concept. Yeah, I uh, just done that Las Vegas thing in, in, in the NRL. You know they've organised the US Air Force flyover. So so extra. Like, but, so, I mean, are they footing the bill for that? That's probably five hundred grand or whatever. Just to get those planes in the air. Yeah, crazy. surely that, that. I mean, it's a five year deal. They're pro- they're probably going to run it at a loss. They're hoping this it'll just be about the spectacle in Las Vegas this year. And the it's idea, five years. Like, I thought it was a one off. Five year deal. Yeah, it's a five year con- deal yeah. that they have. Uh, but it's so stupid. It is so stupid and so tackily NRL. But you can't deny that it's kind of cool in many ways. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to throw out a devil's advocate as a final point to this pod in terms of because I know that we've kind of said, yeah, let's move it away from Melbourne. Even if the Rebels do not last uh, this year, I still think there is a case around uh, keeping it in Melbourne for at least another year. Um, even if the Rebels aren't there. And the reason why is because uh, clearly there's been a lack of engagement. The Rebels have struggled in terms of engagement with with the rugby community. Um, If there is no other rugby or professional rugby being played, it then automatically creates an exclusivity around that event. It turns it into more of an event by extension. You won't have eight games a year uh, or Wallabies test match or whatever. Um, It'll be the key major event um, that people might, as a result, be more up for going to checking out a full weekend of rugby as a result. But because, you know, the Rebels have been part of the system for the last 13 years, they're clearly struggling. 
there's another mood around, you know, the mood around, you know, how much rugby is happening in Victoria right now, if it's a bit hit and miss. You only have to look at how, you know, the the Bledisloe Test match uh, galvanised so many Kiwi fans to come and check out, uh, you know, the, the Bledisloe Cup at the MCG. There's clearly an audience that would be interested in that. Um, and it's the first time the All Blacks had played in in Melbourne in a while, um, one of the first times they played in a while. So I make the argument that if the, if the, if things go the way that they seem to be going so far, there is still a, um, a business case, potentially even more so, around trying Super Rugby Super Round in Melbourne for another year. Because at the very least, if if Super Rugby doesn't have a, a um, a presence in pre- in the larger city in Oceania, Super Round at least gives it something to actually push towards in that area, um, even if the team doesn't do well enough. And if the Australian sides can um, become more competitive off the back of that, it would make the, the product a lot more competitive. That is my devil's advocate argument. Uh, that's a fair point. In Melbourne. Um, I, I wouldn't say that's devil's advocate. It's if the Rebels get cut and this event already isn't working I, I like yeah okay it would be a novelty in a new city but it wouldn't be a new city it'd be a city you previously had a team and then no one turned up and then they didn't succeed and then got cut like it's even worse i yeah i, I don't i don't really see it apart from just you, you're spreading the gospel of rugby to a city where it already failed or that incarnation failed i don't really see the point like if you if you put it in it's not just because it's in melbourne that's part of it it's but the whole thing like we're saying there's no tourism there's no go to melbourne you don't see any ads for Qantas say go to melbourne or if you buy a three-day ticket you get 50 percent off your Qantas ticket or whatever and you can stay at the pullman hotel yeah i, I yeah Look, it's a, it's a topic of discussion, and I mean, hey, for all we know, Super Round may pop this weekend. We don't know um, until until the actual games start. Um, so there is hope. If you are in Melbourne, get down to it. If there is, a, if you and if you're someone who really enjoyed the full weekend in previous goes, you go, hey, I really liked it. I had a great time. Um, get down to Super Round. Support all of the teams. You may have a particular team you want to barrack for or support. Um, check out all the other games. It's a weekend of rugby. What more can you ask for? It's the best. Absolutely. And just I one, hope one that doesn't convince someone. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to go, cool. but no, Nick said I should. We won't I don't like anyway. rugby. I don't know how I'm listening to this podcast. But okay. <laughs> the tier for the Western City Chiefs chat, that's it. Yeah. I was just going to say yeah. one, one final point with the sort of with Super Rugby, sort of this round coming up. All right, Blues are favourite over Highlanders. Rebels favourite over Force. I think Drew are favourite over Moana. And then all three Kiwi sides are favourite over the all three Aussies. Make, make the call now. There's an upset this round. Who gets it? Go. Reds. Chiefs. Brumbies beat the Chiefs. Pardon? Reds. Uh, he said Reds. He said Reds. I said Reds. Oh, okay. I don't mind it, actually. You know what Neither do I. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna I don't think the Hurricanes played that well against Force, to be honest, from what I saw. What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as, as sort of Coops touched on them, yeah, Coops touched on the Monday's podcast. There was two... You know, yellow card. They were two yellow cards there for the force. They essentially spent twenty minutes down a man. They still had a chance to come back. Like I don't mind it. Yeah, their team almost literally met each other the night before. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Nick. We're pitch, pitch. Why are the Brummies beat the Chiefs? Um, 
So I think basically it's really dependent on, first of all, if DMAC actually gets in. Um, I do think the, there is – so if DMAC gets in, I think we have a, a, a different sort of equation um, that, that does tip the scales more in favour of the Chiefs. Um, in the event that he is out, um, just I could see that there was, a, in that second half, a lot of pressure was applied on his replacement, Josh Iwani, and he struggled quite badly. There is clearly a chink in the armour that can be exploited. I believe that the Brumbies pack is up to staying competitive um, and offering a strong contest uh, with the with the Chiefs set piece. I believe that they can that they can either maintain or even push in a stronger way towards the end of that game. So really, it comes to a, a battle of the of the back lines. Um, Safford looks really, really good. I mean, Ikitao's fantastic. And if Lalesio keeps playing the way that he is, I think, uh, and he goes and he's going up against Ioani, I think there is a place there that can be exploited. So that which would be, which would uh, determine a pretty close, but I think a, a result where I can see the Brumbies winning. All right, well, you guys got the two easy ones. Jeez, you left me the third one. All right, here's why the world has got three No <laughs> way in hell. <laughs> all I'm, no. I'm going to say is when you look at the away of the Crusaders' record against teams when they travel away, in particularly I'm using a very small sample size. Over the last sort of five or six games, <laughs> there is no one with a better record than the world does. They beat me at Leichhardt in 22, beat me at the SCG in 21, beat me in 19. I can't remember where that was. They just they find a way to, to somehow lift for these games. I don't know what it is. They find a way to lift these games. So you know what? You guys are going those two. I'll take the third. I'll take the bullet here. Waratahs beat the Crusaders this weekend. Bookmark it. That's red hot. I've got a redder, hotter question for you, Nathan. Go for it. Lockie Swinton. Yep. Will he be sin binned or sent off? Or, I mean, how long will he last? <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll, I'll say no. I reckon, I reckon he stays on the field the entire time. Yeah, I was going to say I, the same, but now you've said that. So I'm going to say 60 minutes. <laughs> well, 60 minutes and then he gets sent, and then he gets sent off. Or yeah, 60 minutes yeah. And then he... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, will yeah, he carry I... his bat, as they say? <laughs> <laughs> I have no comment on the matter. <laughs> I'm, just surprised, I'm just surprised, Nathan, that you didn't go for Moana Pacifica draw and say Moana Pacifica beats the draw. Uh, that's boring. You gotta, you gotta just throw yourself out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, lads, it's a, a pleasure as always, and uh, you know we're we're back. Rugby is back. We've been talking about it for a while. It's uh, and we're excited to talk about it on the raw slash rugby after hours podcast. We're gonna make this what? thing. Yeah, nah, Nick, you need to get on our level, mate. This is uh, we've we've now branded ourselves as the new. This gives you a sense of how much Nick has been listening to the show <laughs> since we've been back. I um, <laughs> I um, so I've currently got a broken foot. Oh, um, mate, well, how'd you do that? Uh, work netball. Uh, played five <laughs> oh. minutes of netball, first ever game, broke my foot. Um, and I was two days back at work from having. The cocoa. So I've been I was out real spicy car. Yeah, yeah. Rough days. Rough yeah. days, my man. Yeah, well, yeah. hey, it's uh we're we're officially the after hours podcast now. It's it's self certified. It's okay. Uh, okay. Patent pending. Um they don't know about it. neither neither know about this, but it is the unofficial official. Yeah, so for everyone listening, it's our secret. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Please. 
<laughs> Please. <laughs> We've got another week to, to get back on the horse and take that horse to the water. And you can ask that horse, you can say, hey, horsey, do you want do you want to have a drink or do you want to swim? Yeah, and it's up to that horse to then realise what he wants to do in his life. So we're looking forward to, like I say, getting back on that horse. And are you looking forward to getting back on the horse six months since we last saw you? I don't like horses. I can't ride. Give myself enough for cap.